to Z, a flavor odyssey. And the odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of a flavor odyssey. Your host, Robbie Raz. That way. Nope, that way. <laughs> Co host, Randy Griggs, coming to you from Lot B and Lot C. Did we just, Lot C? What the hell? Dojo Studios. Lot C. Dojo Studios, even better. Uh, <clears throat> out here on the uh, quarantined west coast of the United States. Uh, Randy, we are here with episode X, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. Randy, Drew Estate. The rebirth of oh, cigars. Of cigars. You back up off that mic, son. <laughs> uh, oh, is it loud? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was aggressive in my headphones. Uh, Randy, how are you today? Everything's great for me. The sun is shining. I uh, am about to light up a fantastic cigar, and um, everything's pretty good. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I have... Uh been tackling projects left and right that I would have wanted to be doing anyways. So, uh, spend a lot of time at home, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's funny because you hadn't lit your cigar. I don't even have the beer here at the table. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you joining us for the first time, we are normally far more uh, organized than this. I actually have the beer. And I have it poured into this fantastic little uh, dojo tulip glass. Available, I believe, Eric at cigardojo.com that, that is for, that is for purchase. <laughs> um, so Randy and I are normally in the same studio. And we are uh, usually uh, raring to go here. Um, <clears throat> but uh, given the certain state of things, or the current state of things, I should say, um, we are... Uh, the way the cameras are set up, Randy, I'm looking at the screen. I look like I'm at the kids' table, like the little table that's right next to the family table at Thanksgiving. I'm yeah. at the kids' table, and you're <laughs> like your table's a little higher than mine. I'm I'm at the kids. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> normally we're uh, we're recording from the same studio. Uh, given uh, the state of things, we are uh, uh, separated from each other, which I'm going to be honest, Randy, is a little bit tough for me. I like feeling your uh, very warm and masculine presence right next to me Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well um i'm flattered rob <laughs> as you should be. I, I, i've never said that to anyone ever in my life so you should be very flattered you probably should never say it again <laughs> i'm i'm comfortable with my sexuality very good very good no i'm uh i've made be... you very uncomfortable though which is perfect <laughs> um yeah, Kevin says easy there. I'm I'm with him on that. No, it's uh, exciting easy to do this uh, a second week in a row. We're coming at you guys live, so working without a net, it's kind of fun and interesting. But uh, it is very different sitting in the studio all by myself. That's one of the positives that have come out of this uh, uh, of, of this kind of quarantine situation. Not quarantine. That's a little strong of a word, but um, shelter in place situation that we have here in California and. Uh, Eric and Jordan, that's recently hit Colorado too, right? Yeah. In fact, today uh, we got the word. So yesterday we got the word that Jefferson County, which is where we live, uh, was going to go into shelter in place. But today the whole state got the word. So now oh. all of Colorado is shelter in place. So, yeah. 
So it's, yeah, but I think one of the, the benefits for us, at least as far as the show is concerned, is that we can go live and, uh, you know, interact with you guys live and, and take some of your comments and questions and concerns and any beer questions that you have are very welcomed because Randy knows everything about beer. Yeah, in fact, Robbie, just, just real quick. Hey, guys, if you're, if you're watching this on Facebook right now, do us a big favor and share it. Share it to your own timeline. Share this uh, live feed to your own timeline. Let's get everybody involved. We really, really appreciate that. That helps a ton. And we'll get, the, we'll get even a bigger, a bigger audience tonight and have some fun with these guys. Yeah, like, like Robbie said, now Robbie's been around the, the biz, the cigar biz forever. So you can ask Thanks. him questions about cigars. And you can ask Randy questions about cigars too. But if you have questions about beer, any question doesn't have to even have to do with the pairing. You know, uh, tonight's the night to have some fun, ask some questions, and we'll these two guys will do their best to answer all of them for you. Yeah, absolutely. We're I mean, we're going to be talking about our pairing. We haven't even gotten into that yet. Um, but uh, we also want to know what you guys are smoking and drinking. Um, and it's a, let's let's get away from the full thing so people can really see how dirty my garage is. Oh, look, check <laughs> out that boom bo- that boombox up there. That is oh, circa nineteen eighty. Wow. That's nineteen eighty. Like 1986 up there, something like that. Maybe 85. Dude, you, oh, were, and also- you were jamming some Journey on that, I'll bet, back in the day, you man. You put that thing on your shoulder and locked around. I, uh, I'm telling you, I, I remember a family trip we took to, like, a lake. for. I can't remember what lake, but it was just like a trip for um, just to go camping for a weekend. And we were driving up there, and I remember our car broke down on the side of a road on this hill. And the only thing that was working was the boombox. We were just listening to Michael Jackson's Thriller over and over <laughs> and over again. So that gives you an idea of when uh, that boombox was last used. But uh, I digress. Um, so we'll talk about our pairing, which is for letter X, Randy. We are going with the very, very fancy Fuente Fuente Opus X Lost City. And now this one has uh, the date on the band from 2015. So that this has got some serious age on it, and we're pairing it with the Stone uh, Choco Vesa Imperial Stout with what do we got in here? We've got chocolate, coffee, pasilla peppers, vanilla, mm. cinnamon, and nutmeg. There's a ton going on in this beer, so we've got plenty to talk about as far as the pairing is, is concerned. But we also want to hear about what you guys are drinking and smoking, because not everybody has the Opus X or can get the Choco Vesa, so. We're curious to see what you guys are pairing as well. Indeed. That was actually a uh, nice natural segue that you dropped there, uh, Rob, as 1985 was actually the first year that that Arturo Fuente released the Opus X original cigar. Really? Yeah. Oh, that was... Oh uh, yeah, you remember a couple of years ago the 20 year uh, anniversary came out, and that was uh, that kind of took everything by storm. They did the they changed all the red uh, to blue on that one. Oh, uh, that's right, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So that was in 19, or I'm sorry, that was 2015. 15. So that was 95 was the first year. Pardon me. Robbie, get your math. What? Get your math straight. I oh, think this yeah. Is- I think this no, cigar I, hey, actually came out a couple oh. years late, though, so it came out in, like, 2017 or 18. Regardless, it, it's it's topical either way, because either 1985, I was probably listening to Thriller with the boombox, 1995, I was graduating high school. So either way, it is very, very topical, and Randy, thank you. <laughs> um, now everybody knows exactly how old I am. 
<laughs> but this uh, this cigar is fantastic, Randy. Let's talk about the beer a little bit. Uh, give everybody some insights into the uh, the Chaco Vesa, which also contains lactose, by the way, um, from uh, the fine folks at Stone Brewing, which I believe is in San Diego, California. Uh they they call San Diego home. Their their big production breweries in Escondido. Uh, they also have, uh, they have they have several breweries down in Southern California. But um, but the Chocovesa is a uh, once a year limited release that comes out uh, seasonally around uh, with the winter time. It comes out anywhere between September and October. Um, I think the first time it ever came out was technically November. Uh, but this was a uh, collaboration beer that they did uh, in 2015. I want to say that this is the fifth version of it. And um, this was a home brewer won a homebrew competition that's hosted there at Stone. Um, his name's Chris Banker. And then they also partnered with Cerveceria Insurgente. Which means insurgent, which is like uh, rebel or revolution brewery, um, and that's in Baja, California. So they had partnered with a Mexican brewery and a home brewer to make this originally. It was just going to come out as a one-time deal, and people went crazy about it. As you pointed out, it has um, it's uh, the flavor concept is trying to create a beer that tastes like Mexican hot chocolate. Mm. Uh, so, so, so they use coffee, pasilla peppers, vanilla, cinnamon, nutmeg, um, and a lot of chocolate and cocoa nibs um so it does have that uh it does have that mexican chocolate characteristic uh, obviously coming with the the nutmeg and the uh, the pasilla peppers has that that nice kind of mexican chili characteristic uh which definitely um uh, comes out in some cigars uh, so we were pretty excited when we were reading about this one and uh thought that uh it would be a great beer to feature for the letter x and, now, and shoko it's pronounced like that that would be the mayan pronunciation anytime like if you ever go to uh the uh peninsula the yucatan peninsula down in mexico you'll see everything is shakakrat and uh, everything starts with an x it was like uh the mayan way to make a sh sound and that's why now, that's why they went extinct because they drove everybody nuts <laughs> Well, I was I was actually going to point out they, the the Mayan calendar said that uh, we were all supposed to die a few years ago, right? Right. Was, that is, which, that, which, that, I mean, that's not necessarily true. That was just where the calendar ended, and so some lunatics assumed that meant it was the end of time. But I don't <laughs> think I don't think they really believed that. But it, it spawned a fantastic uh, film from uh, our good friend. Uh, uh, oh, what the hell is his name? John Cusack. John Cusack film, 2012. And what was that film, Robbie? It was called 2012. Oh, my <laughs> Spitting? Indeed. It was very creative and, uh, and not very good. If, if you enjoy those, uh, uh, like, um, what do they call them? Like the uh, disaster films is what they call them. If you, if you like disaster films, it's not good. It Even. was a disaster. What would, what would you say your favorite disaster film was? Remember when there was a time when like disaster films were like all the rage? It was like yeah. you know Inferno and like Earthquake and Dante's Airplane, <laughs> not Airplane, Airport. <laughs> airplane, Airplane, <laughs> Airplane was a comedy. Airplane, well, if Airplane is in here, that's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, no, come on. Uh, 
I mean, I, I, I liked um, uh, Armageddon was pretty good. You know, that was fun. And uh, The Day After Tomorrow, the one where everything freezes, was pretty cool, too. Now, so there, there was two Volcano ones. One was called Volcano, and one was called Dante's, Dante's Peak, right? One, The one where the volcano just sprouted up in the middle of L.A. was ridiculous. Yeah. Whichever one was, I don't remember which one that was. Yeah. But it was terrible. There's always, like, one good one and one bad one that have the exact same plot. Yeah, there was Armageddon was the asteroid one. What's the other asteroid? There was another asteroid one. Yeah, that's, that was, wasn't that one Dante's Peak? Maybe that was Dante's Peak. I don't know. Oh, Dante's Peak was definitely a volcano. Right, right, right. Yeah, what was Pierce the other? Ross what was the other volcano one? Can anybody volcano? Help us? Right, well, no volcano. Yeah, but there was a volcano, and then there was and another. Oh, and Dante's a, Peak. There was no. I yes. Think, okay. All right. Yeah. I think so. There was there was Armageddon, okay. and there was another asteroid one that I can't think mm, of. That's that had what was the one? With, what was the one with Seth Rogen? The end is near. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. It's official. We bottomed out. So, um, so the beer is very interesting. I've I've been uh, sipping on this beer for a few years. Uh, I had a a bit of a power cord uh, malfunction, Randy, while you were talking. So I don't know if you did. You mention when the beer first came out? Uh, yeah, I think 2015 is okay. And so I've been sipping on this beer for about five years now. I think uh, I picked it up the first year it came out. And I think it was only available in bottles then. It's in cans now. Deep so impact. Can... Deep impact. That's what it Deep was. Deep impact. Sorry, guys. Kevin Sorry, guys. to the rescue. Kevin. Well Kevin done. and Matt Hall both nailed that one. That is absolutely right. correct. Oh, As you were. Uh, thank you. Uh, so this is uh, this comes in cans now. I think it comes in six packs. Seasonal-ish release. What's kind of like fall or winter. You may have touched on all this, Randy. I apologize if I'm duplicating. But uh, fantastic beer. We are uh, very eager to see how it. Pairs up with this fantastic cigar. <clears throat> so I'm going to be honest with – wow, look at that picture. I'm going to be honest with, with the crowd here. I have never been a huge Fuente guy. I love the Fuente cigars. But with Opus X, uh, there's you know kind of like a lot of intricacies, I think, to different blends that are available. They're different, <laughs> different – slightly different things. What was that? What are we laughing at? I missed it. Oh, I'll throw it back up. Just ran what is his face when he saw this. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm doing a little bit of this on the fly as far as the Lost City is concerned. This is the first time I smoked the Lost City, by the way. Randy, thank you for supplying the cigars for uh, today's show. And like I said, this one comes from 2000. It's dated 2015, so that is uh, pretty serious. Uh, the looks like the uh, and I'm I'm at uh, cigarwars.net. If you guys don't know about Cigar Wars. Uh, that is um, Eric. Do you want to give a little primer on Cigar Wars? I think Jordan should come on screen and he he give a little Jordan, primer. Producer boy Jordan. Think IMDb meets Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, nice. the database of cigars. A ton of wealth of knowledge on all these cigars. But the whole point is, you go to Cigar Wars and two cigars randomly pop up, um, and you just pick which one you'd rather smoke, as if some. Somebody at the shop hand you uh, two cigars to smoke, and you're going to have to pick one of them. Whether you've smoked it before or not, you pick the one that you're going to smoke. And eventually, it's taking everybody's votes and creating a leaderboard of the best cigars, whether you want to see it as all time, the best cigars of the year, best cigars of the week, the day. Um, and also, it's telling you things about yourself as you make the picks. So uh, you might go to your profile, and it'll say, after 100 picks, you seem to like Nicaraguans, you seem to like full-bodied cigars. This is your favorite brand, et cetera, et cetera. 
Nice. So you get a bit. <clears throat> it's it's almost like a like an untapped, Randy. Even though you're not a big untapped guy, where you kind of can track a little bit of what you've smoked and what you enjoy, and it'll remind you that hey, you've liked these seven cigars, and they all have this in common. That's pretty cool. Yep. Um, to it'll get also an idea. Uh, kind of rec- recommend cigars you might also like based on your. Taste. Oh, there you go. Even better. Well, so uh, I think uh, that I've I've talked to other cigar smokers that have looked at it. Jordan hit on it there, but uh, but it's worth repeating. Yeah, like when I first started using it, I'd run into a pair of cigars like, but I don't know that cigar. It's like, well, but what would you do? Just like you said, Jordan, if someone were to just hand you two cigars and say, here, you know, take your pick, uh, which one are you going to grab? So I think that's a that's a key element to to engaging in Cigar Wars. Yeah, and it's, but, it's a, you know, the oh, thing about I, it is, is there's some reason that makes you pick one cigar or the other, even if you haven't smoked. Maybe it's the band. Maybe it's. The look, you know, the look of the tobacco, the yep. size. You don't. There's something about one cigar over the other, and that's really what makes that interesting, right? Like, why do we pick one over the other? I mean, sometimes we know we like this one, we don't. But sometimes we're just picking based on something that you know in our mind that we don't and totally understand. If you're really opposed to that, you can just choose a new battle. We'll just pop up with another battle if you haven't smoked either cigar. So it's it's a nice way to swipe left or right without uh, uh, getting into any trouble. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so a little bit of breakdown on this particular cigar, uh, Dominican wrapper. Uh, it's got a it's a Dominican shade wrapper, uh, Dominican binder, and uh, Dominican fillers. So that is going to be Randy a Dominican puro or puro. Uh, it's from. <laughs> As from uh, the Arturo Fuente, they started making this in 2009. MSRP on this cigar ranges, <clears throat> uh, according to Cigar Wars here, $28.90 to $31. Now, if, if I were to go and try to find this exact cigar, the 2015 release, I wonder what that one would cost. Well, it's funny that you've mentioned that you're smoking the 2015. I actually didn't realize when I handed you that I'm smoking the 2016 release. Mm-hmm. So, so we do we do have a, a bit of a, a, a vintage head to head here. Um, and I'm gonna go out on a limb. Am I the only one that's seen the movie Lost City that this whole cigar was based after? Yes. Yeah, probably. I believe so. Wow. Okay. So you so, should speak on it. Well, so. Uh, so to your point about this being a puro, uh, uh, the the whole reason that Opus X became as popular as it is uh, today in, in cigar smoking circles is that when um, after the embargo of 1962, the the, uh, uh, the brain drained, everyone left Cuba. The first place that they went was Dominican Republic, and so Dominicans actually got this long uh, history of premium tobacco growing. Uh, but for many, many years, it was not considered an origin uh, that uh, made for a very good wrapper. And so everyone used Dominican binders and fillers for years. And Carlito Fuente decided that he was going to plant 36 acres of uh, tobacco that was going to be planned for wrapper. Uh, they put it under the cheesecloth, you know, to shade grow the tobacco. And so Opus X was the first ever. Dominican puro, and so it has a it's it's known to have a very specific flavor profile that's unique, uh, as it's uh, the only time you ever see a Dominican wrapper and a couple other 
uh, cigar manufacturers have taken a run at it. I know Davidoff did one. Um, there's another one. I'm drawing a blank on the name. That's a kind of a predominant name. But um, but then I, I'll tell you, I'm a big fan of Opus. Uh, I've spent way, way, way too much money on having a bunch of different variations of these things. Uh, and I still need to do more research to fully understand what they do with the line. Um, and letter A of this show, our first official uh, show, we did the, um, the Añejo uh, by Arturo Fuente, which is the same bunch, but they lost the wrapper in a hurricane, and so they had to wrap it in broadleaf. And that's what Añejo is. So there's got to be at least a, di a dozen different um, Opus X variants. Uh, this Lost City is a pretty cool one, though. Um, Andy Garcia, the same guy you guys would know from Ocean's Eleven. Remember that guy? Uh, he, and Godfather uh, 3. And Godfather 3. Good point. Which I've never uh, seen. And yet you know it's got Andy Garcia. Um, so Andy Garcia, it was like a, a passion project of, of his. He's uh, of Cuban descent. And um, and he worked with uh, the fine folks at Arturo Fuente to do a lot of the filming for the movie Lost City uh, in Dominican Republic. And um, the, the plot of the movie is it follows this family uh, through the revolution of Cuba in the late 50s, early 60s. And it ends up like um, uh, Che Guevara comes and um, and is you know, basically killing landowners for their tobacco fields. And one of the scenes um, where his uncle gets shot it actually takes place uh, on Chateau um, de Fuente there in Dominican Republic. Um, but the way the story goes is they were filming it in the springtime post-harvest. And Andy Garcia told Carlito, oh, man, you know, this scene would be so much better if we could do it out in the fields with the tobacco. And so Carlito said, well, you know, it's our, we've already harvested, but the weather's so good we could plant more tobacco and just grow some for the movie. Uh, so they did that, and they planted some acreage, threw some cheesecloth over it, like did it up right, and it ended up being usable tobacco. Uh, that was uh, kind of a secondary season after the normal tobacco season. And so that's what Lost City is. It's the second uh, harvest of their same land where they grow the Opus X. So it's done at a little bit hotter temperature, comes out a little bit uh, a darker colored wrapper, even though it's still under shade because it's done, you know, in, in longer uh, sun hours. Um, the wrapper comes out with a little different flavor. And a little different color, and so that's that's the backstory to Lost City Opus X. I, I think that when those cigars first came out, they would come with the DVD of the movie as well. Nice, nice, huge selling point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I shouldn't say that. I've never seen the film. I don't know if it's any good, but uh, <clears throat> it's, it's a good movie. I like Brady, it. Brady, it's funny. I was reading the uh, the kind of synopsis of this cigar on Cigar Wars while you're reading that, and you almost said it verbatim without reading it. That's really impressive. He just read it off of my script that I wrote. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, so I, don't get the, I didn't get the, I didn't get the no. script. I'll, Jordan, I'll make sure I'll give you my email. He's lying, Rob. He's lying. <laughs> I was all from right there. Randy has a certificate in reading that off, so just so you know. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know Randy personally, he is um, 
he's he's a well-educated guy, self-educated guy, and he whenever if you can get certified in anything, he's going to be certified in it. You're certified in uh, celery growth and harvesting, I think, right? <laughs> Uh, that that's correct. How else would I execute a good mirepoix? If I if I... see how I set you up for that, I knew you'd go mirepoix. Randy Patrick it. Larkin wants to know: Is this a drama? Is this a romance? We're talking about uh, this it's, mo- this movie. It sounds uh, quite dramatic. Yeah, no, it's it, it's a drama. It's um it's a fictitious movie, but a very like plausible like this is the type of uh, scene that families were going through during the revolution. So it's. All the way from, you know, one brothers, you know, all for the government and other ones joining the rebel fleet, you know, the families having their land taken. It's 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 a dramatic, uh, you know, storytelling that kind of gives a, a sneak peek to one version of what it might have looked like during the revolution of Cuba. Yeah, it's I think we're making a little bit of light uh, of the film, but uh, it I, it sounds like the, the content is pretty uh, is pretty heavy, but. Uh, I've heard good things. I've heard that it's pretty good. I haven't watched it. I'll have to add it to the list. Um, maybe I can dig up one of those DVDs. No? Let's make it a DVD joke. Who has DVDs? <laughs> Come on. You guys aren't old enough to remember DVDs. Um, anyway. So flavor-wise, what are you getting off of the Lost City Cigar, Rob? So, So going into this cigar, Randy, are we, we're smoking pretty much the same Batola, correct? Uh, yeah, this, um, I didn't look up which Vitola it is. It's a big old bastard. Yeah, it's almost a Churchill. If uh, I don't know yeah. what they call it. I, if I had to guess, I'd say Churchill. Yeah. Uh, but this is, uh, it's a pretty beefy, uh, beefy cigar. A ton of flavor. It's got some really nice, like, toasted bread, toasted caramel, kind of, and there's a little bit of nutty, almost like an almond kind of note in there that's very, very tasty. Super, super good. Super smooth. There's some bordering on red pepper on the retrohale um not quite as earthy but i get more of a spice than a flavor on that retrohale it's it's pretty hot but very very tasty the one thing i will say is early steps of this pairing i've only taken uh man i need to clean this stuff up over here what is what is this this is this is ridiculous (laughs) um thank you uh see i planned for this shot not the uh not the other so we're back Right now, you should probably say. I don't believe you. (laughs) Wait, wait. I love scotch. Scotch, 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 scotch. scotch, scotch. scotch. The arsonist has oddly shaven feet. How now, Brown, New York? These are all the things that Randy says. (laughs) These are all the things that I say. Hello, Dojo Nation. Are we back? Are we live? Yes. If we if we crash again, that's the end of the show. I'm just saying. <laughs> so well, okay, so well, we're for back. those of you joining us again, we appreciate the support. Absolutely. So uh, just to just to recap everything that you missed, uh, the cigar is good, the beer is good, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think just before we we dropped off, um, Randy and I started talking a little bit about uh, kind of some of the flavors that we're getting from each side. Uh, I didn't get too. I didn't want to get too specific right off the bat, but we can. The uh, Chad, we're back. Absolutely. The um, one thing, Randy, that I'm getting a ton of out of this beer through the pairing, and more so than I one that I usually get from the beer, is um, <laughs> taking the whole 
social distancing thing to new levels. Exactly. Where it got too close, so we had to step back. Um, I'm getting a ton of cinnamon from the from the beer, a ton, an absolute ton, and it's always present in there. It's present more in the aroma for me than in the, on the palate, but I'm getting uh, so much. It's almost like overwhelming. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a spice bomb. Uh, you get plenty of it on the palate. It almost raises to the uh, to the level of stinging. <laughs> yeah, when when you say spice bomb, like with the beer, we're talking more cabinet spices than uh, we're talking like a black pepper or red pepper that we usually talk about with a cigar. So <clears throat> at least that's the way I'm interpreting it. Am I wrong? For the for the, for the beer, beer. Y- yeah, no, I that's more. I think it's the. The nutmeg, the cinnamon, uh, th- those additions are at um, at a high level, creating for very high intensity, in my opinion, for the beer. Absolutely. And that's that's pretty much what their goal was here with this particular beer. Uh, when you say uh, Mexican hot chocolate, now that's going to be a hot chocolate with some, it's not just, you know, your uh, your Nesquik powder and, you know, you, you heat that up with some, some milk or, or water or whatever you're at. There's... There's spice in there. There's some peppers in there. They've got, uh, Randy, pasilla peppers, which I'm not too familiar with. But I, I assume that's kind of a green pepper. It's a bit more vegetal than spicy. Yeah? I almost want to say a pasilla pepper is just a dried poblano. So a so, green pepper that's a bit more vegetal than spicy? Correct. Thank you. <laughs> that's what I was going for. Yeah. Uh, and then the drawing uh, of it can make them... A little bit have have like a deeper, earthier, almost mm. smoke kind of character, mm. uh, but 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 yeah, definitely not uh, you know high on the on the um, Scoville rating. We're not talking about habaneros and jalapenos here. Uh, thank you for giving me some reference to the Scoville rating because I didn't know what the hell that was. But um, it's it's not going to be smoky to the point of like a chipotle or like a adobo kind of spice. It's it's um, it's not going to be that smoky, but it's it does have a little bit of smoke to it, which goes, frankly, pretty nicely with the cigar. For me, this cigar is fantastic. It's so, so good. I've never smoked a Lost City before. It's my first one, and this one is five years old. So, again, thank you, Randy. Uh, I get a lot of, like, toasted bread, buttered toast. There's a little bit. I'm getting cinnamon, but I think I'm getting cinnamon and everything, and I think that's really just coming from the beer. There is a heaviness to the smoke that you wouldn't really, that I don't really anticipate when I'm smoking a cigar that's elegant like this. I expect a heaviness of the smoke when I'm smoking a cigar that's super earthy, that has a lot of black pepper. This doesn't really have a ton of that, but it's it's definitely um, a heavier uh, flavor on the palate. That's what I'm getting anyway. Yeah, no, I even though we are smoking two different uh, year releases, I, I would say all of those descriptors match up to what I'm experiencing here. I think there definitely is a cabinet spice character sure. um, c- coming from here. It's not just the beer, but but you're right. The the beer kind of uh, almost masks it and over, uh, overwhelms it a little bit with intensity. I think the um, the cigar is, is very full flavored. I think it's it, – I haven't had a, ha- a ton of the Opus X. I've only had a handful of the different variants. Uh, to me, this is one of the uh, deeper, richer, fuller flavored uh, versions that I've had, um, which I don't know if anyone's called us out in the chat on this. You know, originally we said we were going to do the Angel Share, um, and I had called that one out because Rob had gifted me a three-pack of those for my birthday. So I thought, oh, perfect, you know, uh, we'll split those. 
I think Jordan called us out as that's one of the lighter uh, Opus X. So thankfully, I had two of the same Vitola on the Lost City we were able to pivot to. But um, yeah, I like this cigar very much. I would say it's in intensity, though, is is more of a medium um, c- kind of uh, impact on the, on the palate where the beer is definitely a full uh, impact, full intensity and uh, is a little bit much. So I'm going to go before we lose uh, streaming again and just go ahead and give this pairing a thumbs down, unfortunately, even though I do like both components quite a bit. Um, okay, we're, we're, we're jumping a little further ahead, a little quicker than anticipated. Uh, I, I'm not ready to give it a thumbs down or a thumbs up just yet. I mean, we're just getting into the meat of this cigar. If I'm forced to choose right now, I'd probably go thumbs down. But the... The cigar is holding up a lot better than anticipated. And Agreed. I think I just I just saw pop up in the chat that Bill Powers said that his K, but did he say KBS or CBS is working out well for him? And I'm not sure if he's pairing with the same cigar, but that's a bigger, bigger, beefier uh, beer. Either way, whether it's KBS or CBS, KBS being the uh, CBS, Kentucky. Bre- I don't know. Okay, so that's that's the Canadian breakfast stout from Founders, which is the beer is aged in. Randy maple sir, maple barrels, something to that effect. First bourbon barrels, and then uh, maple. and then maple syrup barrels. Yeah. Yes, that beer is so good. It's so good. It's it's super sweet, uh, but not cloyingly so. Like uh, the beer we had a couple episodes ago on VU, that vanilla shake, that was way too sweet. But the CBS is very very good. It's called the Canadian Breakfast Stout. Uh, so if if uh, Bill, if you're Bill, let us know what you're smoking. I don't know if you're smoking the uh, the Lost City or not. Um, if, if you are, and that's holding up for you, good for you. I saw, that's a, I saw a picture of Bill earlier on the Cigar Dojo app, and he was smoking the Lost City cigar. So yeah. Really? That's, that's interesting, because that's a bigger beer than what we're drinking right now. And no, but I, if you think about it, as, while it's bigger in some flavors, it's going to have more sweetness. It's going to have more of that, that woody character from, from the barrel aging, where... Better, where yeah. Where to me, the only reason this pairing isn't getting a thumbs up from me is because of that spice character being so intense. Um, I could see a, a bigger, sweeter beer. Like you said, I mean, it's actually holding up pretty well against that beer right now. Um, so I think you and I both expected this pairing to get just rolled over by the beer entirely. Um, so I could see that working. Yeah, I mean, for me, the more of this cigar that I smoke, and I started a little bit later than you did, um, the more I, the, that I get into it, I, the flavor is picking up and the intensity is picking up. And I think that this could be a pretty good pairing in maybe about 20 minutes from now, but we have to assume that the average person isn't going to give every pairing an hour before they make a decision as to whether it's pretty good or not. So, um, so I, I think I'll probably have to go thumbs down too, but, uh, Eric, do we have anybody else chiming in with, uh, other things that they're smoking or drinking? All right, boys, let's get some questions for uh, Robbie and Randy. And uh, well, we got one here. All right, what do we got? James Tarrant. Are the cigar and beer p- fighting each other uh, flavor-wise, or is there a complementing factor involved? That's that's. Uh, can we get that thumbs down off my face? Sorry, working with a lot of elements. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know you guys don't like me that much on a personal <laughs> level. I'm really just. just to I'm, flaunt it like that is just, Robbie. You look a lot better with that. I'll big just keep it on Randy in, in your face. You <laughs> so actually, James, uh, I'd like to. <laughs> I love you, uh, Robbie. You you, you want to take a swing at that question? 
You know, I mean, as far as like, so he's asking, is there a flavor hook here? Is the way that I'm understanding what he's saying? Um, and there, there is a certain amount of, and that's just what Randy and I were saying is that the spice component from the beer to me is a bit over the top, uh, based on the way, uh, yeah, Patrick was the one who kind of warned us that the, this beer really overwhelmed the angel share. So Patrick, thank you for the heads up on that. Patrick is like the first to do pairings and post a picture of all of our pairings before, uh, uh, before the shows. So, uh, we appreciate your support, Patrick. You're pretty awesome. Um, so I would say there is some complementary aspects here. There's an earthiness in the cigar that we do also get from the beer. There is a kind of a mild chocolate sweetness that we're getting from the cigar. I get more of like an almond kind of sweetness. Um, not, uh, not, yeah, almost like an, yeah, more like an, like a marzipan kind of, but not that strong. Uh, from the from the cigar, so that's that's kind of going nicely with the sweetness that's going on here. So there is some complementary factors, but for me, what's really throwing things out of whack is that spice, that uh, cinnamon and nutmeg that's really throwing everything off for me. The chocolate, the coffee is working. That uh, I'm not getting a ton from that uh, uh, the pasilla pepper. There may be a smokiness uh, involved there, but the the vanilla is still even working out. It's pretty subtle but it's working out well and everything. If, if that uh, cinnamon and nutmeg were to just calm down just a little bit, we'd be working with something I think that would be pretty special. Yeah, I, I agree. I know my uh, my screen looks to be frozen there. You guys can still hear me, right? Yes. I can I can hear you. Uh, Perfect. Uh, Brian Burnett, are the spices in that beer similar to uh, spices in Christmas beers? Or how do the spices compare to Christmas beers? I would think that's a pretty, uh, a pretty like I, Christmas beer. Randy isn't really a, a, de a defined style, but the, those types of uh, nutmeg, cinnamon, uh, even like a stewed fruit is what you're going to get in those kind of winter warmers, is what I would call them. Uh, styles of beers similar to the uh, the Belgian double that we had last week. Yes, last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has more spice than that, though, as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? Yeah, Stone even actually. Uh, cites this as um as having the seasonality that it does is being their winter warmer uh kind of um yeah. uh, entry into the segment so yes these are all the same flavors i agree with everything you've said there you know they are complementary with the beer they're just the intensity level it's much much stronger in their beer than, than the cigar i'll tell you when you let that beer just kind of roll around on your tongue for a little bit after a puff from that cigar you're not getting that spice. You're getting more of the chocolate, more of that uh, that pepper is really sitting in there. A little bit of bitterness from the coffee component. And that is really, really nice. It's that just little extra kick of that cinnamon, well, mainly for me, cinnamon and that nutmeg on the finish that really does kind of throw it out of whack. So like, it's like to me, it's a thumbs down with an asterisk. You you heard it here, Jordan. He's going sideways again. I don't have a graphic I, for that. But... I'm, I'm trending in that direction, boys. I'm not trying about, to be. Uh, there, there it is. Thanks. There, there it is. There it is. <laughs> My level of confusion. But it's, you know, this is a really special cigar. So when you're smoking a special cigar, you want that cigar to be elevated and highlighted. And it's that's not happening here. So from that standpoint, I can give it a solid thumbs down. Uh, what did Patrick say? The, the beer is great by itself, but it, yeah, exactly. I, these are they're, they're both very good on their own. Uh, separate, they're maybe 
kind of kicking each other's in the kicking each other in the shins a little bit. Um, it's not really. Are you guys drinking the beer cold or warm? Would the flavor change as it warms up? Absolutely, it does. Randy, I've had mine out of the fridge for probably about forty-five minutes. Well, that's just weird. Uh, I drink my cold beverages cold. I like beer cold and uh, well carbonated. I'll I'll talk more about that next week. So you, with, so you don't uh, like stouts? I like stouts. Mm. Nitro stouts aren't really my my bag. Um, so I'll, I'll have a chance oh, next to, week. I see. Next yeah. week we'll we'll talk more about that. Um, mine is very cold. It will change um, as uh, it warms up. I think um, uh, to the point of the question asked, there may be a stronger malt presence and it might mute some of that spice as this beer warms. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if I let that sit there for an hour and then tried it again. Maybe it does pair a little bit better. Um, again, I believe beer should be drank uh, between 38 and 40 degrees. I'm looking through the the Stone website here because their uh, their information is their website is I think uh, pretty high end as far as breweries are concerned. They they really do attack a lot of the different topics you'd want from a website. They don't reference a serving temperature, which uh, is what I was looking for. But I would say, um, and I treat Randy. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, which you probably will, but I don't think I'm wrong. Um, I treat my darker beers, my stouts, my heavier beers, much like a red wine, where I take it out of the fridge a bit before I want to actually serve it. So, so you it, refrigerate your red wine? That's worth talking about. I do. <laughs> and I, I've got the, uh, the, let me see, the dough, dough that right there. There it is. That's set uh, at about 10 degrees Celsius, which... I don't know how many freedom degrees that is. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, Rand Jordan, Randy, Robbie, is, I have a question for, a, for both of you guys. So it. just just watching the show from you know episode A to now, uh, you guys tend to talk about how the beer may or may not enhance the cigar. Is is there a reason that you always say that as opposed to how the cigar could enhance the beer? I didn't realize that we spoke about it in such a one-directional uh, uh, kind of context. No, I, I, I think, uh, you know, how I think about it is they should be enhancing each other. For it to be a good pairing, each one should be benefiting from the other. Um, so if, uh, if you feel like we talk about that in one direction, I think I'm gonna just going to take that as some correctional feedback. Well, so, so, <laughs> so Randy, that, that leads me to my second question is, what can a cigar do to enhance the beer? Like, I kind of get what you talk about, how the, the beer enhances the cigar, but how can cigars enhance the beer that you're drinking? Well, yeah, I mean, that really goes down. We always talk about two major uh, components of pairing, and that's the intensity and the flavor hook. So the intensity is, is kind of a, a, a base foundation. If they're, If one's more intense than the other, it's going to mute some of those flavors and make it harder to, to perceive all the nuances of the lighter flavor or lighter intensity. So once you have intensity kind of on par with the two, uh, the, the flavor hook is, again, if, if the flavor on the cinnamon in the beer was lower, I think it would 
make the cinnamon in the cigar resonate a little bit better on, on your palate. And so um, e each one, you're, you're kind of going back and forth and like, oh, I pick up the cinnamon in that one. And now it's more obvious in the other one. Um, so just you're looking for a resonation, uh, um, a, a resonance, really. Randy, like Kevin says here, uh, when he pairs, he typically wants the cigar to be the star and the beverage to complement. I feel like sometimes you intentionally want one or the other to – for me, it's not always just an even trade. I Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, I want the cigar to be the star here, and the, the beer can complement it but not necessarily be a perfect match or vice versa. I've, I'm on 100% on board with Kevin, and it's not just because we broadcast on Cigar Dojo that I think the cigar is usually the highlight of what uh, <clears throat> of what we're uh, of what we're focusing on. For me, I look at like the pairing is the cigar is going to take up usually more time than the beer is going to take up. The cigar is usually taking up more resources than the beer is going to take up. So. I tend to approach pairing, and I feel like we've talked we talked about this at early episodes, but it's a good uh, refresher, I think, for most people if they're just uh, joining us again. I always want my cigar to be the star, and sometimes there are times, and there have been times, and I can't think of an episode off the top of my head, but there have been times where the beer has gotten better because of the cigar. But for me, I want I'm looking for something to pair with my cigar not necessarily something to pair with my beer. So I, I think of pairing with a cigar as what flavor components are going to elevate the cigar to its next level. And for this, like just smoking the cigar on its own, like I've got some toasted bread notes, a kind of a buttery kind of uh, toasted bread thing happening. There's some cinnamon in there, but not a ton. There's some earthiness, a little bit of spice. So from that standpoint, what would I want to drink to elevate those flavors? So I would think maybe probably bourbon is the first thing that pops into mind, like a, a nice bourbon that's not going to be cask strength, not over the top, but something that's got some, a nice spice component and some good oak behind it uh, that is going to take the cigar and you know put it up on a pedestal. The, the beer doesn't really do that, which I think this particular beer, which is why I think we give it a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. But that's Randy, that's the way that I kind of approach it. Do you do it differently? No, uh, that's a, that's a totally fair point. I mean, to your point about resources, it's also the occasion, right? Like, even if we wanted to smoke multiple cigars a day, many of us barely have a chance to to you know sneak one in every day. Where you know I'm I can knock back a six pack of beer any any old time. You don't Easy. have to moderation, Randy. <laughs> I can knock back two beers. That's what you meant to say. Oh, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Thanks. It wasn't responsible of me to say a six-pack. Um, my, my, my point is, is you know, I just smoke a cigar. I have to come out to the, you know, to the garage and set everything up. And uh, it's, it's a little bit more of an ordeal. You have to plan the time to go outside. Um, so it makes a ton of sense that you're kind of focused on making it about the cigar when you're, when you're doing a pairing there. And to me, it's the same if you're having a meal. You want something that's going to complement the steak that you're having or the uh, lasagna that you made or, or whatever. At least that's the way that I've always thought of it is, is I, I look at as a, as a standpoint of resources. What's taken me the most time? What have I contributed the most to? And it's the meal, so I want to elevate that. And I have a wine or a beer or you know whatever that is going to maybe take some of those flavor components and elevate them. 
Yeah, you hardly ever look for your steak to make your asparagus taste better. <laughs> True story. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I hadn't. I know you're making fun of me. I don't, I don't no, understand no. what it means, but um, <laughs> which is probably why it works. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, there's. I, I mean, we talk about complementary pairings like there is, and and there are some. I think those are kind of the unicorn pairings where it really does bring both. Uh, the the rising tide lifts you know all boats or whatever you want to say, but uh, you know I, I always look for what is the the thing that I want to get most out of this. Do I want to enjoy my cigar? I do. So these are the things I know about this particular cigar, and uh, from that standpoint, I'm going to use I'm going to pair it with uh, I don't know strain of hands. Okay, uh, Brian Burnett. Um... If you retrohale a cigar, you can get more flavors. Is there anything similar you can do for beer to get more flavors, like swishing it or anything uh, beer judges do for tasting? I highly recommend you do not retrohale your beers. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot recommend that enough. Now, I know, with, at least with bourbon, you chew it, and it's almost like retrohaling it where you can get some of the aromas coming out your nose. Can you chew a beer? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the first thing about enjoying a beer is make sure you're drinking it out of an open vessel. Uh, ideally a glass that your your nose is exposed to those aromas so so you're smelling it so i should never drink beer out of a can ever um but uh so first thing if if you like to taste beer you should definitely drink it out of an open glass but then yeah absolutely chewing it you know swishing it in your mouth allowing it to become warmer allowing more oxygen to come into contact with it. You can even do a little bit of slurping the same way that you do with wine. It aerates it and will knock certain uh, volatile aromas out of uh, suspension and, and turn them into aromatics that you can then pick up. And um, yeah, d- be very careful not to blow liquid through your nose. But, but yeah, you can definitely get a kind of a retro aroma while the beer's in your mouth. When, when the liquid comes out of your nose, it burns. Definitely and, burns. And not like a nice Estelle no, black pepper burn, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's a bad <laughs> thing. And I would like the record to reflect that Randy said, if you really want to taste the beer, let it warm. Well, yeah, no, it should be served at a temperature where all those components, all those aromas are locked in suspension. I want them to be coming out of solution in my Release. presence. Yeah, Release. yeah. Let, let them be free. <laughs> What was uh, Jordan? You just had a comment up there on the screen that was long. I didn't get a chance to read it. <clears throat> uh, maybe the cigar paired better with the. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, he, so uh, uh, Patrick's referencing the the pairing that he had in particular. Uh, is it a different cigar with a different? Uh, you know, the this the a lot of the leaves that were that were used for this particular cigar were grown later in the season, so it's going to be a little bit unique compared to uh, the angel share that uh, that Patrick smoked. But, you know, I'm telling you, the longer the show goes, the closer I'm getting to a thumbs up. Ooh. We could have a first ever change. A swap. Could we have a swap in the thumb, maybe? Is it's, it possible? It's possible. A thumb swap. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> so you're saying, Robbie, that now you're rethinking your thumbs down and it's possible that maybe you'd go with a... What could push you over the over the top? Well, I, a, as, a different beer. <laughs> He's changed beers by now. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, no, I'm, I'm drinking something totally different. No, I'm just kidding. I'm still still drinking the same beer. I'm about halfway through it, and as as the beer warms and the flavors kind of release from 
and Randy's like, this hurts your insides as I say it. I understand that. But um, as, as the beer warms up a little bit, I get more complexity out of it. I get more of those deeper flavors, uh, the deeper earth and the deeper kind of sweetness that's coming from it. And that coffee note is really kind of coming to the surface for me. And that cinnamon and nutmeg on the retro, or not on the retro, it's not the retro of the beer, but on like the aftertaste of the beer is kind of, it's similar to a retro, is, uh, is kind of mellowing out a bit. And the cigar is ramping up in flavor as well. So as they kind of crescendo together, it's becoming uh, quite tasty. Now, Randy, you're not completely against that, right? Like you just want it to start cold and you want to have the evolution happen as you drink it. That's correct. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're you're going to get more flavor from the beer between 45 and 50 degrees. And I only speak in Fahrenheit. Sorry, Rob. Um, no, freedom, freedom yeah. degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, freedom degrees. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, but it should be served to me cooler than that so that I can experience that. If you put it in front of me at 45 degrees and then I get to chit-chat in a way like I do, then, you know, now, now the beer is 60 degrees by the time I'm finishing the second half. And now we've gone kind of too far the other way and and now that this is warming up and y you can get a oh, little here, bit more, here more of the malt here, I'm, here gonna, it comes. I'm gonna go ahead and stand pat and say i give this a thumbs down as the <laughs> as the spice is still too strong it's yeah it's it's it, it's it's the spice is thinning out for me and i do want to let uh in my in my solitude in this uh this quarantine state that we're in I have, uh, Randy, rededicated myself to my Cicerone training. And towards, I, 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 I'm here to say by the end of season two, it's possible that you're going to have two certified Cicerones on this show who will really be able to debate the, uh, the levels of a flavor in a beer and the top fermenting and bottom fermenting status of an ale yeast and a lager yeast. I'll I'll loan you some textbooks. I look forward to. No, I'm not. You being I'm not on the same page as me. All, all your textbooks are they're, they're tainted with your uh, your fear of the top and bottom fermentation <laughs> process. All right. Do do we have uh, other questions here, or should well, we talk uh, about what's coming up? We got, I'm you know, uh, Tanner's wanting there to be some wine pairings. I mean, um, oh yeah, could there be another season with wine, or would it just be like, um, you know, maybe some random episodes? In we're gonna have seasons? some extra episodes in between, some wild cards. Yeah, we're gonna do some wild card in between episodes, and I, I think some wine pairings are, are definitely in order uh, with some different styles of wine. Maybe we won't hit too many because there's a lot of different styles of wine, different styles of red, different styles of white. And uh, things that we can uh, we can get into, Randy. What do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. First cigar I ever smoked was uh, paired with wine. Um, I think wine does a very you good just, job with. You just want to tell everybody what the first cigar you ever smoked was. So you know, the first cigar. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, but I I did have that uh, Davidoff late hour with a uh, uh, Napa Cabernet Sauvignon, which went mm. famously went that really, really well together. That yeah, delightful. So but, maybe, but to your point, you, you get you get fruit, you get jammy, you get spicy. You got a lot of different characters you can work with in red wines. Um, it would be interesting to see if white wines would uh, create for a decent pairing with a cigar. Uh, I've never tried it, but um, but some spirit pairings, some wine pairings, some coffee pairings are all on the docket, Tanner. So you just keep tuning in. How about uh, uh, prescription pill pairings? 
Oh, I'm your guy. <laughs> Randy makes them in his garage. Or eggnog. I got a pill press right over here. Ooh, eggnog. eggnog pairing. That would be tough. That 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 leaves a heavy coating That's... over on the palate. I wonder. It's it's highly seasonal. Highly seasonal. Yes. Randy, uh, yes. we can Carlo maybe. And, uh, Carlo and oh, Rossi uh, sangria does not count. So just so you know. That's fair. No. <laughs> maybe we'll do the pairing. Yeah. Ooh, oh, a barbecue pairing we should definitely be working on. We could do a, an episode dedicated to the uh, the white trash old fashioned. Oh, that's yes. uh, highly topical. I've yeah, we will. I, I saw that video. It's it's very very uh, enticing. But I, I I'd like to think that I'd probably just have a regular old fashioned given the choice. Here's the thing: you might not have the choice. You might not have the choice. Exactly. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah, but I don't have any. Uh, you use like the otter pops, right? It can be any ice pop. I need to go get some. <laughs> you could use pops. a popsicle if you wanted to, you know, cherry Ooh. and orange. Now, here's the thing about popsicles is unlike fruit, you can just keep them around forever. Your, your cherries, you, they might go bad. Your oranges are definitely going to go bad. But a popsicle, it's not going to go bad. <laughs> they, 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 they have been known to survive the apocalypse. There will be uh, cockroaches, Twinkies, and orange otter pops. <laughs> have you guys ever paired a margarita with a cigar? Oh, God, that sounds terrible. But one thing I will say, when we were at in Vegas and we went to Casa Fuente, which is topical, and you guys are saying, oh, you have to get the mojito. And I'm thinking, oh, man, a mojito with a cigar just sounds terrible to me. Phenomenal pairing. That's a classic. Phenomenal. The, the, the mojito with the, uh, the Casa Fuente, I don't remember which size I was smoking, but that was sublime, man. It, it worked out really, really well. Now, granted, it was in great company, and it was a, a very fun environment. And so that can that can in, that can kind of uh, well. I think uh, that I think that the, the mojito goes well because it's a sweet drink, right? It's that sugar that. But in a in a margarita, you have the salt and then the sour combined that like contracts your you know your taste buds, and that might be the issue with margaritas. And the mojito, you still get that lime though. Yeah, but it's 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 a minor player. And the the mojitos that we had there, you are correct, they, and they were very very good. I think I had four. Speaking of moderation, Randy, you okay over there? <laughs> what, the hell? what just happened? I have a new table, and uh, never mind. Randy's playing table hockey with his cigar over there. It's crazy. Watch out for the gravity, man. It's, it'll get you every time. So, like uh, so time, it always wins. So we've got guys. What's uh, what's happening on Smoke Night Live this Friday? So we're working on something big, and I uh, can't say yet. So uh, what do you guys got on the next Flavor Odyssey? So we're next going. Flavor Odyssey's a big one. Rob, tell them about it. We're going <laughs> to uh, we're going into episode Y. So we are we are at the tail end of this uh, Odyssey, but the Odyssey, as we said, will continue. Uh, we are going with the Year of the Rat from our good friends at Drew Estate, Randy. Drew Estate, the, the rebirth, rebirth of, of cigars. cigars. So um, bad, so bad if we're not uh, live well, together. It's tough. It's tough. You know, everybody understands. It's we're all making sacrifices at this time, and and our uh, our um, uh, harm, harmonization is is struggling a little bit. What do you guys think? But, of, uh, what do you guys think of Brian Burnett saying y'all should do? homebrew and have dojo headquarters do the judging to see who's better Ooh, i've it's i funny. love that idea 
It's funny because for episode Z, we are featuring a beer called Zombie Dust, which is a highly hopped pale ale. And I just so happened to have homebrewed a clone of Zombie Dust this past weekend. And it turns out that that beer is going to be ready for episode Z. So that might be a little uh, prophetic in that type of uh, comment there. I don't know if I, I won't have time to get any out to Dojo headquarters, but I think I can probably get a, a, maybe a crowler over to uh, or a growler, not a crowler. I, I don't have a crowler machine. Well, we could but maybe I can... do something like that for uh, in between seasons. And I think the Dojo yeah. headquarters is a winner no matter what in that scenario. Absolutely. No, that's <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating. I just tested the uh, the gravity, Randy, in my uh, my current uh, homebrew of the Zombie Dust clone, and I'm not ready to dry hop just yet. I got a couple of days right before I go in for dry hopping, but that beer should be ready for that show. Fantastic. So, so Robbie, I, I love Robbie, the idea. You, we we can have, have a competition. Robbie, will you yeah. have the actual Zombie Dust and then your clone to like kind of like compare? Is that what you're saying? That's a great idea. That's. That's the that's the plan, and it's uh, it should work out timing wise that uh, both Randy and I could uh, sip on my pathetic homebrew compared to the uh, phenomenal thing that is zombie dust. But what I, w I do want to go back a little bit uh, for episode why I didn't reference what the beer is, and that's going to be uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout, Randy, which is uh, as far as I know, it's every time I move the can, there's something clinking around inside of that can. So there's uh, something that you might want to talk about there with that a little bit. Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun pairing. Uh, Year of the Route uh, came out from Drew Estate um, a while ago. They went to go bigger production this year as an event-only cigar. And um, I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys have got a chance, because I was so interested in this, that the Unicos, uh, the Liga Pravada Series Unicos from Drew Estate, are always only in one Vitola. So I was shocked when I saw that the Year of the Rat, they did this special collection box uh, where there's two each of four different Vitolas. Um, so I'll also have those in time for uh, for episode Y. And? What? <laughs> um, and we will pair that with the Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Uh, which is in that, was me, that was me asking him if I'm going to have them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, that didn't make sense. I don't know why you would have them. Did you order some? That'd be great. Then we can both smoke one of the uh, funky Vitolas. Uh, Rob and I will both have uh, some options at Vitolas by uh, letter Y. But um, but the Young's Double Chocolate Stout is a classic English um, uh, stout that is nitrogenized. And that clanking around is a widget. So we will get to talk about nitro beers for the first time on the show. So, yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be a fun beer. Have you ever uh, poured that beer over vanilla ice cream? Because it oh, is yes. tasty. Yes, indeed. That is a, that is a classic uh, stout float beer for sure. Sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, have you done a stout float, Rob? I have done uh, – well, my – my uh, camera is a little frozen, but can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> I have done uh, several uh, different things with a, a Guinness stout, where I've done a bit of a, a float with a Guinness. Uh, my wife has made some Guinness cupcakes um, <clears throat> and some uh, Guinness cupcakes with a, uh, an Irish cream, whipped cream topping. It's very good. It's exactly as good as it sounds. So, so good. 
but I have not done a, a, a float with the Youngs. Luckily, I have more than one can of that, so I might have to, in my uh, time where I'm trying to watch my weight during the uh, the stay-at-home orders, I will uh, have some have a Young's float and report back on that, I promise. I'm looking to gain no less than 10 pounds during this stay-at-home order. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's Randy's goal. Those, those, that's, that's fair. Those are fair goals. So that's, that's going to be next Wednesday. Um, as it looks, we'll probably be doing another live episode. So, uh, keep in time, keep in, uh, follow uh, the, the dojo on Facebook for that. Um, we'll keep, uh, following for who we're doing, who are, who our guest is for this Friday on smoke night live. Mm-hmm. And what else do we got fellas? Well, it's possible that you could see bonsai show up for sale in the next, in the very near, very, very near future. So just keep that in mind. Nice. <clears throat> Just get, nice. your, get your dojo. And that's a payless, right? Get your dojo app out and uh, follow it. Maybe as early as tomorrow, because you never know when that's going to show up. Very nice. And the the dojo uh, virtual lounge is still going strong, correct? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. The dojo virtual lounge is. You have to now. You have to wait in line to get it, in. You have to literally wait in line to get in. It's insane. It's it's if you go to whereby.com forward slash cigar dojo, it's pretty much twenty four seven shenanigans. Uh, if you want to like connect with people because you're stuck at home, it's it's a great way to do it. It's sponsored by our good buddies at Protocol Cigars. Actually, they're called Cuba Riqueño, but people know them as Protocol Cigars, and it's been a blast. We saw Juan Cancel the other day start drinking at 10 a.m. and about 7 p.m. he like hit the wall and that was it. So it was it was it was a great time. <laughs> Is there ever a time where Juan's not on? Uh, no, you're gonna see Kev- you're gonna see Juan and Kevin pretty much all the time. It seems like. <laughs> Boys, so that, I, that was a fantastic episode in. tonight, man. I really appreciate that. I always learn when I watch you guys. Seriously, I just sit here and listen because you guys are amazing. And uh, well, Steve Holmes is wondering where, if we can post that virtual lounge somewhere. It's posted on the Dojo app every hour or so. Well, and there's a menu item. If you go to the menu, right. the third item down is the link to the virtual lounge. So if you can't find it, just open up your Dojo app. But go to the menu. It's the third item down on the menu. Now you got to watch out for Steve. He's also a home brewer, and Randy, he'll talk your ear off about uh, about home brewing. So, watch I out. love it. I'll look for him in the lounge. And a turkey hunter, from what I understand, based on the uh, I posted in my uh, Facebook and Instagram stories yesterday. I had some turkeys on the lawn, and Robbie, our our you know ninety year old uh, cavalier that weighs fifteen pounds and has four teeth, was very excited to go out and chase this turkey. Um, but uh, I posted that up, and he's like, "Hey, let me know. It's turkey season. I'll come up." And he's he's a, a bow and arrow. Uh, oh hunter. yeah. Oh. So that's uh, I, uh, that's taking it serious when you're out there with the bow and arrow. Yes. Yeah. I would give a so hundred dollars to see a turkey get shot with a bow and arrow. I mean, that would be incredible. <laughs> I it, hey, get in touch with Steve. He'll uh, he'll help you out because that's uh, that's kind of what he does. He's Steve's a good dude. I've known Steve for a while. So Steve, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it, brother. Um, but I'm going to hop in a little uh, in the chat room here after the show if uh, if there's any space for me. We have an overflow room, too, but uh, I'll tell you that if you can't get in. So. Well, that's extra top secret. Extra top secret. Mm. Nice. nice. Well, again, appreciate you guys for tuning in to another episode. Um, thank you, Randy, for carrying me on the cigar today. I was a little bit uh, unprepared to talk about the Lost City with the last-minute change, but I do appreciate you uh, coming with your strong, strong knowledge. I will look for the DVD of the Lost City and see if 
Am I only allowed to watch it on DVD? Can I get a VHS? Or It has to be DVD. Or LaserDisc. <laughs> I was about to say, do don't disc, discount yeah. the LaserDisc. Don't man, discount VHS. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, VHS. Go. That's a lot of fun. Oh, Betamax, get out of here. Um, anyway, thanks to everybody for tuning in to another episode. We'll be back next Wednesday. I think we're sticking with the same time for the time being since we're going to go live. And we'll see you next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, as the Odyssey continues.